When you are connected to a group, when you're connected to a community, you realize you can reach out and you can help just as much as you can receive from other people. Mm -hmm. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. And this is the Every Moment His podcast. And in this moment of this podcast, we have a very special guest with us, our new Director of Christian Education, specifically Director of Youth and Small Groups, also known as James Hayes. He's joining us today. So welcome, yeah. James. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. It's good welcome to have you board. here. Very exciting. I, I always like uh, the language installation. You know, like yeah. you just were installed into the church. You're like a, f a fixture here now. You know, you're yes. like yeah. an appliance. It <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a very good time to go back to the Book of Concord and realize, oh, I need to read those things that I said that I agreed to. Yeah, yeah. So. It's kind of you know, it is kind of stirring. You know, yeah. you're like, okay, stand up, confess before the entire church and before God and all creation. That you're going to do these things for the church. Yeah. Yep. How was that experience for you? It's very humbling. Hmm. Yeah. But I, I think that's why they make you kneel. So you're, you're humbled. Yeah. Hmm. But it's, it's good. I mean, and you got to do it three times too. Yeah. Yeah. Thrice humbled. Which one was <laughs> your favorite out of the three? <laughs> uh, whichever service the people that are listening like the most. Okay. There you go. Good answer. Well, well done. <laughs> So uh, the purpose of our podcast today is to get to know you a little bit better, James, and we've been getting to know you uh, and have been enjoying that. And in fact, uh, you know, cool fact about, about you, James, is you have a Martin Luther action figure, <laughs> just like I do in my office. Yeah. We have that in common. Um, but we want the congregation to get to know you as they will in the future, but this is just a nice way to do it to as uh, we're not entirely out of this COVID business. Um, good way to connect over the podcast. And then just talk about, really briefly talk about kind of our three missions that we're working on, laboring over in the past couple weeks. Confirmation, uh, senior youth group, and then small groups. Um, but there's a certain order in which we do things, right, Pastor Tim? That's right. Yeah. There what comes next? Well, there always has to be a joke, a dad joke. Oh. The people want it, you know? <laughs> yeah, people beg for it. That's right. We hear about it if we don't have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh. So we, we th do you have a dad joke for us? I, I do. Well, I'll say it's a dad joke. <laughs> yeah. It has to be right. rated G. G. Or PG. Yeah, I had to think okay. really hard about that. All right. Uh, so what did Mario say to Princess Peach when he broke up with her? Hmm. They were together? <laughs> I yeah. think so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if they were like Facebook official. But he did rescue her. Like yeah, that's castle. right. So he, okay. yeah, he, he had assumed. feelings for her. He wasn't, I mean, he's a, pl he's a lowly plumber, you know. So right. what did he say? He said, it's not you. It's a me, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> 
I feel like my kids will like that because they like play Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good one. Not and the OG Mario like I used to play, but the, <laughs> but you know like the Nintendo Switch Mario. The tech one. Yeah. 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 I like that you really nailed the voice there. Too. Oh, thank you. That's good. You, you, you got to go all in with the voice. There. <laughs> did Doesn't you practice anything. that today? <laughs> I, did. I didn't. Just in my head. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Your wife was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Getting ready for the podcast. <laughs> it's my job. <laughs> got to have a good joke. So, right. You know, um, as I think about Holy Cross right now, and, you know, we have, we've had a lot of transition and and just new staff members welcoming people into our staff um, past couple months, you know. And then also, you know, COVID, of course, complicates everything. We're kind of in this season of just being in process of really trying to figure out what does the future look like at Holy Cross? What do we really value as a staff? What do we want to, how do we want to lead and those are all important questions to ask. They're, they're complicated, but they're good. And that's really been on our minds lately, and, and especially with these three areas of interest, confirmation, senior youth, and small groups. And so, you know, uh, as we talk about this, dear listeners, we don't have this figured out. <laughs> We're doing our best work. And, and James, you're a pivotal, you know, you have a pivotal role in that, your expertise and your training as a, as a DCE. And uh, so we just want to kind of talk through some of these things kind of in general, just about some things we value and some things that are kind of challenges. By the way, shout out to DCEs. You know, I think DCEs <laughs> are great. <laughs> they have superpowers that pastors don't have. That's right. Totally different, different training. Not totally, yeah. but a lot of different training. Yeah. Like I took a class about the catechism at seminary, I had to memorize the thing, hmm. but nobody taught me how to teach the catechism. Right. Hmm. And so in, in a director of Christian education, from here on out, DCE, we'll, we'll call the, the role, um, but just for those listeners who aren't familiar with the, the position, um, director of Christian education is a DCE. Uh, you guys get some, some classes on like how to do these specific things practically, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I um, actually still have some of my papers that I wrote uh, talking about what we should do as a as a confirmation program and what we need to do the you know the pluses and minuses of all of it and so yeah it's it's a big big deal in the church mm. yeah Conf- yeah confirmation is a big deal it's, and it's got a long history complicated history a complicated history and not as not always positive yeah. I don't know if we want to jump into all that but yeah i mean it, for a time it was kind of this uh peace in rome you know where um your confirmation you your christianity didn't count unless the bishop came bishop came and said yeah you're confirmed it's yeah, kind martin of a power luther, grab martin yeah. luther in the babylonian captivity of the church one of his earlier writings basically trashed confirmation <laughs> and said we don't need it um but I think that the Lutheran Church got more away from the kind of pomp and circumstance of confirmation and got more to the deep teaching that we need yeah. a time of deep, intentional teaching yeah. and formation in the faith. So, James, as you think about your learning, your education regarding confirmation and your 10 years plus of just 
practitioner experience, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges that we face with confirmation right here in the 21st century? Well, I think um, with education in general, there's a, there's a huge shift of how do we teach kids? How do we get them to be engaged in what we're teaching, um, bring home what we're teaching, and live out what we're teaching? Mm. Um, so when it, when it comes to confirmation, then that's uh, even more important, obviously. It's eternally important. Yeah, right. Um, but it's, it seems to be one of the fewer priorities, the lesser priorities. And so that's always been a, a challenge. Um, and you, you talked to that recently in, in the sermon about making priorities. And confirmation is just one of those check marks mm. that it seems to be, um, that you go through the process, um, just like maybe getting it, your license or graduating eighth grade, graduating high school. I, I need to do this either to please myself, please my family, please my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And so getting that buy-in of a, this is affirming what you actually believe and holding on to that as an adult is a big, mm. bigger issue. Yeah, because we're asking for pretty big promises. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the rite of confirmation, will you adhere to this faith, be faithful in the receiving of the Lord's Supper and, and the gospel until you die? Yeah, even uh, in the face of death, right? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And oftentimes it's, well, kids will say yes, and I think they genuinely mean it. I don't know if you guys remember your confirmation, um, but you genuinely as an eighth grader, you think, yeah, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. But then there's always that time of testing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, yeah, these other priorities kind of sneak in and it's like, well, I'll do it if I, you know, if it's a matter of life and death. Yeah, sure. At that point, I would confess this. But when it comes to sports are challenging my devotion right. or you know, my girlfriend is challenging my devotion to this, mm-hmm. uh, or even my family pattern of life, or my own habits, or my success in college, or my grades. It's like one of the first things to go. Right. And so, yeah, it is definitely a challenge to say, yeah, this is what sh- you're making this the number one priority in your life. And mm-hmm. it is a big ask um, at eighth grade, but I think it's a time when kids can begin to walk in that in truth and just yeah. really hold on to it. But they definitely need support. That's one thing I'm, uh, I'm convinced of. Well, and one of the things I think is so important is that there is an established pattern of worship, you know, that we're in worship on the regular because, you know, sometimes confirmation, that habit will just be kind of jump-started, maybe seventh, eighth grade. But... Um, what we're looking for is a lifetime pattern mm-hmm. of, of worship and devotion. And, you know, I think what we, in our discussions, what we're looking for is we're looking for a confirmation approach that we don't change. You know, that we just, we do it on the repeat. It makes sense to parents. It makes sense to the congregation. It makes sense to us as a staff. And it's effective in preparing and then also keeping kids um, 
right where they need to be, which is at the feet of Christ, right? Receiving mm -hmm. those gifts from him and growing. Yeah. Because it's Im important to get into habits as a family, as a church. And once you change those habits, it's hard to go back into them or, or find what is, what is important. Mm. And so when families understand the expectations of the church, of their children, and of themselves, they can kind of better prioritize what, what you need to do in life. Mm -hmm. Now, I think it's important, too, to, to just tie it all back into Christ, you know, and what he says. It's like, yeah, Jesus says, it's not us. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And he says, uh, to be severed from me is to be uh, scooped up and thrown into the fire. Mm -hmm. And he just says it, yeah. it, but it's, so he says, don't do that. You know, so remain, abide in my mm -hmm. love, bear fruit. Um, he's the one who's encouraging us. And I think, you know, as a church, that's what we're after. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, we're not looking to just harass you. <laughs> yeah, make your life difficult. Yeah, right. Yeah. And just, yeah. just pile on the to-dos as parents. You're like, oh, I'm so busy already. It's like, well, no, we want to give you what Jesus gives. And we want to yeah. make, make sure that you are hearing his word and um, flourishing under his mighty care. Yeah. Uh, and that's the intent. Mm. Well, and I think if you were a farmer and you planted your corn and then 50 to 60% of it just doesn't produce fruit. And, and when I share that, I'm thinking of the stats. I can't remember the exact stats, but they're mm. not pretty for, you know, young people being confirmed and then not remaining in the faith. Um, you, as a farmer, you would want to kind of like call up the experts and do some research and <laughs> yeah. figure out how do we do this different? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I think of what Jesus says that, you know, he doesn't want even one of these little ones, you know, mm -hmm. to fall away. He doesn't want even one of these sheep to get away. And, and we're all like sheep, right? We wander, we stray, and, and we just need some better, healthier patterns, expectations, resources um, to help us get there. I want to move on now to the question of senior youth. And, you know, senior youth just has such a huge place in my heart because that was the time in my life where God laid some foundational work. And it was really because of the influence of pastors and DCEs who just walked with me. And, and but gosh, um, a lot of challenges, I think, for youth ministry in the 21st century but also COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You want to talk, James, a little bit about what are just some of the challenges that you've seen when you kind of take the temperature of youth ministry these days? Well, I think it's very connected to confirmation and um, just being able to see the priorities of, of kids. And once, as you were talking about the abiding, mm -hmm. if you don't abide in that love of God and, and scripture, it's very easy to be crushed. It's very easy mm. to be separated from the fold. And so as high schoolers get more and more active, as they um, learn who they are, what their interests are, and what excites them and their friend groups, all those things which can be good and uplifting, also can start to pull them away from mm -hmm. the church. 
And so finding that medium ground of we want you to be active, we want you to give your gifts in all parts of your life, but also connect back to the church and make this a priority also. Um, that's, that's always been a struggle, I think. Mm. I found, too, that it's sometimes it's a struggle just finding people, you know, mm -hmm. because um, you used to find people through the phone, and then you have to find people through text message, and then you have to find people through Facebook, and then it's Instagram, and then it's, mm. like, TikTok, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, there's these evolving ways of communicating, and, and it can be hard to find people. And, and honestly, I think that's why the, the I love to see senior youth in worship. Like it just kind of melts my heart when I see the mm -hmm. uh, our senior youth uh, doing praise team. Yeah, that's and cool. Like I just want to see those kids every Sunday. Like I just want to see them because I want to get to know them. Right. You know, and, and, and it's hard to get to know our kids if they're not here. And, and so COVID just really complicated that because mm. it's like, it's so hard to know what kind of connection you have with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, yeah. And I think that's part of the product of just living in our era. Uh, and also, you know, oftentimes we're, we don't live in the same communities as we, as our churches exist mm -hmm. in. So it, it's like, you know, people live all over the city. They're driving all over to get to one place. And it's just like that proximity is so crucial. Mm-hmm. And that's what's been difficult, I think, is just proximity has been so devastated by COVID and, mm -hmm. and just made that even harder, you know, to have proximity with people. But uh, yeah, I, f I heard one time that friendship, you know, getting to know people, friendship is time and proximity. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's as simple as that. Yeah. It's like, you know, get to know me better, man. You know, <laughs> like yeah. that we're called together. And, and that's true. We want to know, like, and I'm convinced too that with these kids, uh, in high school, it's like, man, I wish there was a church in my life in high school that was just like, you know, Tim, you have no idea how blessed you are. You know, you have no idea what you can contribute to this world. You have no idea uh, how loved you are. You know, it's mm -hmm. just really giving those messages because it's true. Yeah. And there's few communities out there that are really giving this this deep love that, I mean... I've always liked the idea of the how the church is a place where you can come and you don't have to perform. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you're just loved. And so many of the arenas we live in, especially in high school, you're not loved, you're judged. Mm. You know, you're just kind of like always having to perform and be somebody that you're not. Or right, um, yeah, you're you're constantly thinking, what's what's the next thing I have to do? to please the people around me. Yeah. And I think with Gen Z, it's, it's even more so. Like, mm. it's not even just the kids I am in class with. It's now the entire world that I have mm. to please. Yeah, gosh. So it's like, I remember walking the halls of high school kind of anxious, thinking, where do I fit in this big school with, you know, 2,000 people? Mm -hmm. Probably much like Carney High. Shout out to Mill Millard, Millard South, if anybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, they probably beat somebody in basketball <laughs> sometimes. But, uh, but uh, you know, and I can only imagine with social media that 
I have to create this image. Mm -hmm. And I think the church culture that we want to embody is, and we're just all about Jesus and the gospel. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can come and be loved. And, and you got multiple generations here, too, that have wisdom to share and wisdom to receive. So, yeah. Let's talk about small groups a little bit. Uh, small groups have many names, right? Life groups, small groups, community groups. Discipleship groups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all kind of have the same idea behind them, though, right? Yeah, and that would be what? I would say, you know, intimacy and actually knowing people well mm -hmm. and growth. You know, yeah. You're going to try to challenge each other, account be accountable to a path of growth mm -hmm. um, and, and live life together. Yeah. So we're starting these like tomorrow, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But it's going to take some time to figure out a process and figure out, you know, what pattern works best. And mm -hmm. we're, we're giving it our, our best thinking right now. Yeah. And learning what's already out there, learning what has happened in at Holy Cross before, mm -hmm. um, what is currently out there and what people are doing or what people expect. That's a, that's a huge deal. Yeah. And yeah. trying to start or formulate something. And I've heard so many positive experiences that people have had with, with small groups at Holy Cross. And I've experienced it myself with, you know, we've had some members in our church who've been ill and I've just seen the way that the small group will come around that person, bring them meals, pray for them, encourage them. And if you maybe compare the person who goes through a, a tragedy in life or, or, a, or an illness with the person who also has that experience, but they're not in a small group, like I think that people weather those things and stay connected mm -hmm. to their church much better if they're in a small group because, mm -hmm. you know, even if you had 10 pastors in your church, you're not going to be able to give everybody that amount of care. Mm -hmm. I think God's plan for the body of Christ is that the body would care for its, each other right? and not just have a couple people who are doing all the care. But it's a beautiful thing when Christians just instinctively, naturally serve and care for each other in community. Yeah, yeah it's a good thing. <laughs> And your your consumer mentality, I think, goes down. Mm -hmm. when you mm -hmm. you come and you think, well, I'm just going to be passive, and everyone needs to do things for me, and pastor needs to come quickly to me, and all those things. But when you are connected to a group, when you're connected to a community, you realize you can reach out and you can help just as much as you can receive from other people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean the Bible calls us to um to rejoice with each other and to weep with each other. Mm -hmm. And I think you can't really do that, you know, unless you know what's causing someone to to weep or you know what in their life is causing them joy. Yeah. So I think that calling is really significant in the church and it's I think it's something we've struggled with, you know, because of those proximity issues, mm -hmm. uh consumer church issues it's like yeah no you're called into this lovely friendship and 
you that's part of the best part of being a Christian is you got a family now. You got a brothers and sisters to mm-hmm. to love and to care for and they care for you as well. And I think a lot of people have a, a disembodied experience of faith. Yeah. Um, in fact we had a really interesting conversation today, um, in some training we were doing with the district over in Grand Island. And uh the question that was posed to us is, what are the limits of preaching? Hmm. You know, preaching is great. At least I hope so. It's I mean, best, people, yeah. hopefully people <laughs> listen, you know. Yeah. Uh, preaching is a great thing, and God uses preaching to form us, but there are limits to preaching, what hmm. preaching can do. Because you can sit and be passive during a sermon. You can sit and, and, and not really integrate that sermon into your life or do anything with it. It can roll off of you like water on a duck, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's limits and, and you can also hide in the pew, right? But when you're in a small group and you are talking about stuff that matters, then I think that's where a lot of growth happens. Yeah, you're allowed to uh, process mm-hmm. God's word in a different way and you're also maybe held accountable. You know, if you have people who are saying, yeah, let's do this together and let's walk this road together. Yeah, it takes it out of the uh, information dump kind of arena and just into, okay, how do we integrate this into our our week? Mm -hmm. So really in summary, um, here at Holy Cross, our staff is just in a time of deep planning and thinking about the future. And really right now, we're just hoping to reconnect with people. That's kind of our bottom line right now, I feel, is... Mm -hmm. We just want to get to know people. And, and just for the listeners, you know, you know, James, you're newly on board here. But uh, I think that sometimes church members are so excited to get a new staff member. And if we've had the position vacant for a while, we're like, you're here. What are you going to do? Are you going to do it? What are you going to do? What's next? And I just want to really kind of caution our listeners that, you know, James needs time to to put down some roots, to get to know you, to get to know our culture, to measure twice, cut once, right? You know, just take that time. And this is going to take a little bit of time, but, but um, I'm a super impatient person with building things, mm. but I've learned through enough failed building projects or repairs that it is good just to like patiently read the directions, <laughs> take your time, and then execute well. And so... You know, you've come at a time this year where the school year's kind of winding down. We're going to have a summer. And so just to kind of encourage our listeners to to get to know James as he gets to know you. And we just need some some time to, to kind of get everything set in motion. Did I put that right? We kind of feel that, right? I, I mean, think so. <laughs> we've all been in new calls, right? And when you get to a new call, it's like, to solve all the church's problems. <laughs> and Oof, boom, boom, done. <laughs> and definitely, just, just your mere presence here, James, yeah. just fixes everything. <laughs> That's what I've been told. <laughs> uh, but definitely introduce yourself every single time you see me. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And by the way, if you have a name tag, yeah, that'd be super helpful. You know, it's very all the dear listener. Have you made a name tag yet? <laughs> there are stations where you can make a name tag, and it's not hard, right? No, super no. easy. Yeah. If you can name. write your name, yeah. Yeah. you are a prime candidate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, 
we're going to wrap up here, but I realized that I jumped forward a little bit. I was so excited about the dad joke <laughs> <laughs> that I forgot to ask you a couple introduction questions oh. about, just tell us a little bit about your family. All right. So like extraduction. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am married to my wife, Lindsay, and we have two children, uh, Holly and Lydia. Yep. I love seeing those kiddos in church. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're loud. That's great. <laughs> Good. Bring it on. <laughs> Join the band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, y your previous ministry, just a little bit about that. Yeah, I served for about 11 and a half years in St. Paul's Munster, Indiana, which is in northwest Indiana. Um, I did youth and family um, was my focus when I left, but when I started there, it was actually youth and small groups. So, mm. full circle. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> was, was basketball a big deal in those parts? Yes. Yeah, you um, you were prided on how big your high school basketball arena was, and I think mm. Munster is like at least in the top ten of biggest arenas in I Indiana. Bet, I bet Carney cool. could compete. Yeah, we have some nice facilities. Yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah. yeah, and so what excites you about Holy Cross and your call here? I, um, from the very beginning have been super excited about the new staff and just every single person has been excited about the direction that Holy Cross is going and um, all the, the energy that the pastors bring and the, the staff bring to, to the table. And there's just so much potential here and there are a lot of really nice people here and there's a lot that's already going on that I can just plug in and go. <laughs> we do have a great staff. We just really, uh, I think we enjoy each other. Yeah, actually that's been, you know, when people praise the staff, you kind of get your little ego boosted a little <laughs> bit. So you got to be careful about that. But I will say being a part of the staff has been a, a, a treat because uh, we've really laid some good groundwork for how we're going to talk to each other, mm -hmm. how we're going to interact with one mm -hmm. another, and what kind of a staff culture we want to have. And that's not everywhere, so I really am yeah. glad that that's the case. And a ton of support from the congregation, too. Yeah, for real. Um, just wanting to take care of their church workers and mm -hmm. um, make sure that we're not burning out and that we have what we need, and that is much appreciated. Final question. Anything different about Nebraska from Indiana? Like, what's one of the things that you're like, didn't see that in Indiana? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. Um, well, there are a couple things. One thing, um, when I first got here, and my, I'm a morning person, and my wife is not. <laughs> she loves the night and um, loves sunlight in the night and, huh. at, and later in the evening. So when we moved here, you know, I've always lived on the east side of the time zone. And so living on the west side of the time zone, it's like almost an hour difference of mm. where the sunlight is. Mm -hmm. So getting up at 6.30 and it's still pitch dark, 
that's that's still that's taken a lot. That's <laughs> a little rough, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And then the the time change, the daylight savings happen right after that, so it's just like yeah. dark forever. Where am I? Yeah. Alaska. What is I it? <laughs> yeah. And that's with young kids. That's just the worst. Yeah. But you know, it's light till nine o'clock or something like that, or will be in the summer. So mm -hmm. that'll be exciting. Yeah. Lots of summer fun. You know, the kids stay out. Fireflies. Wear them out. Yeah. 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 Well, good. And you're a runner as well. Is that right? I used to be. Yeah. Before kids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted, I'm going to try again. Good. <laughs> you got some good trails here. Yeah. 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 And there are more hills here than in Indiana. Really? Yeah. People, when I said I was going to move, like, Nebraska's flat. No, <laughs> Indiana's flat. Yeah. Nebraska. Yeah. Take that, Indiana. Yeah. They have hills. Yeah. We got some rolling hills. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You did make a comment the other day about the amount of trucks. There are a lot of trucks <laughs> here. A lot of pickup trucks, which, you know, is good if you need to move things and, and yeah. like trucks. I like my little sedan and yeah. gas mileage. So, yeah. But trucks are good i had a little phase where i thought i needed to buy a truck and you know i thought i had to be like pastor tim and buy, <laughs> buy a truck but i came to terms with my mazda 3 hatchback and yeah i feel manly enough in that so yeah. yeah there are like a a weird amount of like really like kind of crappy trucks that drive up and down second avenue yeah like with no muffler and they just kind of <laughs> gun it it's like what are you it's doing it's a thing to do the that's what I'm doing in my truck. <laughs> just wear it down. Just cut off the exhaust <laughs> at the pipe, and just got to get some of those uh, those big antennas. Yeah. yeah, the CB radio antennas. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, big tires too. Wide. You know, yeah, huge tires. Yeah, they have to have a whole ladder to climb in. Yeah, and it actually makes it useless. You know, your truck because <laughs> yeah. then you can't use the bed for anything. Yeah, you have to climb up. You're like lifting it up another eight inches. You know. Yeah, but it, I think it says in our. <laughs> our human resources handbook that you're not supposed to have inappropriate bumper stickers because <laughs> a lot of those trucks they have really inappropriate bumper stickers yeah. like i'm trying to make my kids like don't look at the truck in front <laughs> of us. Right, right. <laughs> look out the window yeah yeah so well <laughs> james thanks for being with us today well, thanks thank for putting you. up with us oh and anytime uh, yeah we'll have to have you on again sometime and uh yeah yeah. Good times. You need to borrow a truck. <laughs> Nowhere to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm hopefully moving soon. So yeah. yeah. I'm I'll be you with up. you. Yep. All right. See you next time, everybody.